0: Cornerstone Conversations, having a chat with Neil and Matt.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cornerstone Conversations with Neil and Matt. Hello, Neil. Hello, Matt.
0: How are you, Neil? Good, welcome, thanks. Welcome to Cornerstone Conversations.
1: Thank you. Welcome yourself. Yeah,
0: thank you. It's nice to be here.
1: Are you ready for it?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Hopefully, we don't get blown away. Oh yeah, it's the very wind. windy. Oh. Monsoonal. Monsoon winds.
1: Apparently, monsoon equals winds, not rain. Apparently. Oh, really? That's what someone said the other night to me. Huh. A fount of knowledge. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, great. But then why do they call them the monsoon rains?
0: Well, because obviously rain comes with the strong wind, doesn't it? Maybe. Mm. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Sometimes. Well, there you go. I've learnt something today.
1: I don't know if it's true, though. Like, I'm just saying what someone said. That doesn't mean it's true.
0: If you said it, though, it's true. It's got to be true.
1: <laughs> I read it. If on it's internet. not, then
0: that completely destroys... Someone put it on Facebook. Oh, okay, then. So it's definitely yeah, right, okay. true. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Matt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we're wrapping up Malachi this week. We are. And uh, finished off with Chapter 4, very short chapter. Yep. And like, I think for me, it's it's a good thing to remember that... This is the very last word for 400 years, and it ends with a terrible sentence, Yeah. in a way. Mm. And so Malachi 4 and verse 6, at the end of that it says, Otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. Yeah. That's the last words.
0: That's um some good encouragement. Yeah. Isn't it? But yeah. there is a, there is a <laughs> yeah. key word there. Are you going to highlight the key word now?
1: You can highlight it now.
0: Would you like me to highlight it? Go for yeah, it. Yeah, the, the word is otherwise.
1: Otherwise. Otherwise.
0: Yeah. So what does the preceding verses say to us? Yeah, that's
1: what we want to look at.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: It does talk about um, a day of judgment coming, yeah. for sure, um, and what will happen to the wicked. But really for us, I think that's actually sort of a little bit encouraging in some ways too when you're surrounded by everything and, and sometimes, and no doubt throughout every dispensation generation there's been times when people are coming what's the point yeah serving the lord seems really useless the wicked seem to prosper and you'll see that throughout psalms and you know a lot of the the prophecies actually will have that you know you're seeing the prosperity of the wicked and you're like oh what's the use of serving god yeah um but this is sort of reminding us that in the end god will right all things that are wrong And there is a reward for those who follow after him. Um, Mm. But it's not so much that, you know, just as God says, he takes no delight in punishing the wicked. We should never be delightful in that either, but understand it, Um, you know, that, that, that day will come. But along with that, there's a beautiful prophecy about the coming of Christ and what that can mean for us. Yeah. Um, And, Going back to that verse, the last verse, um in the Jewish writings a lot of the teachers would switch that around so that didn't actually end in that, but um that was not a good way to end, so they switched the verses around and the same in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Yep. The Septuagint. The Septu something. the Septuagint. I don't know, I always get it wrong. Anyway,
0: I'm sure it's correct. <laughs> I'm
1: sure it is too. I,
0: I believe in you, Neil. Thank you, mate. That's right. That's good. Yeah.
1: So before that, God is basically saying in this last verse, if this didn't happen, basically, you know, yeah. otherwise I would have to come and destroy and strike the land with a curse. But yeah. God knew from the beginning what was going to happen with human beings. And I, you know, as I was pondering on that, I was like, God made human beings with a free choice. Yes. And I was just like, you know what? God always knew that eventually we would choose selfishness. Yeah. If it wasn't Adam, it would have been someone else, but He would have yeah. known it would be Adam. Yeah. That we would disobey, that we would want to be God in our own eyes. Mm-hmm. There's no difference to how Satan raised himself up, and and God had to throw him out of heaven. Mm. Um, but God must have known that from the beginning. Do you reckon?
0: Absolutely. I think mm. so. It's all just part of the, part of the plan. It's part of the the free choice that God has given to mm. His creation. Yep. You, know? um, you can't, you know, you can't lock in a particular viewpoint or whatever, and expect to call that love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't force people to love you. And so, in order to have that love, people need to have that free choice. And so that's where, where God went because He want He wants, He wants to love people. Um, and he does love people, but it needs to be that, that two way street and needs to be the choice that we make to, Mm. to love him in return. Yeah. Um, and you can't do that without that choice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard that said before. Um, and I totally agree with it. Yes. If you don't have the choice to not love, you can't actually really love because, you know, it's not a genuine heart thing and it's the same if you don't have the choice to be able to disobey, you can't choose to obey. And, and you know, that yeah. was one of the reasons why Jesus came as a man, because he had to be able to overcome sin. Yep. And if he came as God, fully, yep. God, God cannot sin, and he cannot tempt anyone with sin. Yep. So he wouldn't have to overcome it as a human being. Jesus actually chose to be obedient to his Father, and that made him suitable as a, the the uh, the sacrifice to take our place. Yeah. Unblemished, didn't ever give in to sin. Um, So it's pretty amazing. And we're about to read about him Mm. here. Yes. Um, Yep, so we'll start at Malachi 4, verse 1, and I'll read through the whole lot. Okay. The Lord of Heaven's army says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free Leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for Israel. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise I will come strike the land with a curse. So he's here preempting in this prophecy that Jesus will come. And it's, yep. it's written, so the words that are read by it, For those who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Mm. So it's it's weird, the word is actually S-U-N. Yes. But it's obviously talking about a person because it says, The Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Yes. There's no doubt this is referring to Christ. Death, burial, resurrection and he rose up and the beautiful thing is that when he did that there's that healing in his wings and and that word is uh, a healing a joy and a wholeness that is given to us as human beings so mm. those who are living in that brokenness of sin are suddenly set free to rejoice you know yep. like and I'm hope I hope that you feel it I do mm. is that when I think about that forgiveness of sin it really is something that that I do feel like leaping about in a way, yeah you, yeah. Know, you just feel free, you feel light, you feel unbelievable mm. um do you ever get that feeling
0: yes yep. I do. i wouldn't I wouldn't say that i I leap with joy like a calf, let out past, so you
1: don't have four legs
0: I don't have four legs <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't move, um, <laughs> yeah. but you know that you're absolutely right, there is a there is that wholeness. There's that fullness Mm. that comes from, from just recognizing and remembering the, the healing, that, that wholeness. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Um, that comes, so it's not just the physical healing, but it's the, the healing of, of all of yourself. Yeah. uh, Body, mind, spirit. Um, and just, yeah, I just remembering that, Mm. um, brings great joy.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. So, this amazing word that he's coming. Um, mm. What a beautiful word. Yeah. Um, and, and the good thing is, you know, then it talks about, you know, remember the law of Moses and the decrees, but with this son of righteousness came a different way of living. And, yep. and we'll sort of talk about that a little bit when it talks about fathers and sons in a minute. But mm. um, it's it's just this freedom from sin, but it's given through grace and truth by Jesus Christ. So, yep. you know, John one seventeen talks about the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Mm. That, you know, the law was there to bind, protect, and guard, yep. but didn't bring freedom. No, that's right. But grace and truth through Jesus do. It's like, mm. I've forgiven you, and here's the truth about who you really are. I'm going to show you your identity, your true identity, yep. and you can live through this and And live a beautiful, amazing, loving life with God. Um, another interesting verse there is about sending Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives so um, the the Elijah the prophet is seen to be as John the Baptist coming before Jesus um figuratively um, yeah. but when Jesus came as a kid as a baby, it wasn't a great and terrible day; it was a wonderful day. Hmm. However, John the Baptist was still counted as Elijah the prophet, and it was before the great and terrible day. So this needed to happen, that the hearts of the fathers were turned to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, so that when Jesus came, and he will be coming again, and that's the terrible day, so I guess we're in the great day, Mm. um, that there's this move towards an openness of heart towards Jesus coming as the Messiah. Yeah. And so John the Baptist prepared that way. And um, in Revelation, you can read about the two witnesses, and mm. it seems most people sort of think that that will be Moses and Elijah. Yep. Um, that's sort of the last thing. And you know, there it's an interesting read. Read that in Revelation about the two witnesses, um, and we'd think that John the Baptist actually himself will be brought back to earth. To sorry, Elijah himself will be brought back to earth to. Um, to actually be one of those witnesses, mm. very interesting.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so what does it mean to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers? What do you reckon? Is right? that is
0: that a question for me or?
1: It is a question for you.
0: Well, I guess it's just the the restoration of relationship. Yep. Um, you know, you're talking about how how uh, John the Bapt <clears throat> excuse me, no John the Baptist was was seen as. Um, I guess the the reappearance of of the prophet of Elijah and yeah, so the spirit of Elijah, spirit on him. of Elijah on him, and so he was preaching a message that was was pointing people back to to God. Effectively, yeah. you know, they'd lost they'd lost their way. You know, we'd had this four hundred years of of nothing, and. Effectively, people um, in that space of of following the law of Moses, but mm. probably a bit like what's happened in in Malachi, how they've just lost yeah. they've lost their way, and so John brings this whole new um, teaching, I guess, uh, with the full immersion baptism and stuff that he was doing. That's the first time that 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 had happened, and and people coming to. This guy out in the wilderness to to hear, and you know just the this realization I think that as people would come, they'd recognize that they they'd lost their way and and that that significance of making that choice to to be baptized and to redeclare that they're 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 looking back um to to the father yeah you know I think that that God as our father is is one of those. Um, things that turning turning hearts of fathers, but also I think there's also something in there in in terms of family relationship and and all of that kind of stuff too. That's what jumps out at me when I when I read through that. Um, you know, there's you know within within the family unit that it's really imperative that you have that that good relationship there. Yeah. And I know that you know there's there's lots of people that that follow Christ that really struggle with knowing that God loves them. Because of the way that their earthly father has behaved towards them, or yeah. the lack of earthly father, or you know, there's a whole heap of different reasons. But yep. you know that that relationship of understanding who who the father is yep. um, is really is really crucial.
1: Yeah, agree. Yeah. And the fact of knowing his real character, so it's like, yeah, you know, your heart won't turn to God if you don't know who he is. Like if you no, think that's he's right. just the Punisher. Um, then you're not going to ever really want to have a relationship with him. No. You know, you, you'll be running from that. And I think, you know, when you you see the life of Christ, he said, I've come to show you who the Father is. Yeah. Um, and it said he went around doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Mm. So he's showing the Father's heart for the world. It's not to destroy it. That's not the Father's heart. The Father's heart is not to punish the wicked. The Father's heart is that everyone should actually be saved. And, you know, I think that's part of the, the job that we have too as Christians is to make that known to others. You know, who who is God? Mm-hmm. He's not out to just get you. In fact, he's out to save you. Like, yeah. if, if anything, it's opposite to that, knowing that, you know, he has to be a righteous judge in the end. But mm-hmm. um, here's an opportunity now through the grace of God giving us a passageway in to relationship with him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it also, this is sort of like a double meaning for this verse, is that it's also to turn the heart of the children back to the fathers in terms of when it was talking about Israel back to the fathers of faith. Yeah. So reading through Malachi, it was very much, you know, um, form over godliness. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're under Moses' law. Yes. And it, and it says, "Yeah, obey the law." But the truth is that you know the law can't save you. All it does is show you how bad you are. And yep. and um it was to say to them, John the Baptist was like, "Go back to the fathers of faith. Abraham mm. had a covenant with God yeah before the law of Moses, and it was yep. his faith was accounted to him as righteousness." And It was so that we could understand that it is not by obeying the law that we're saved. It's through believing in Jesus, um, which brings obedience through the commandment of love, you know, because love does no harm. Yeah, and yeah, I just think it's um, very important for us to remember that. You know, I think there was a, um, there's a verse, well, no, there's a verse, sorry, that says, you know, you receive the Holy Spirit by faith. Yep. why are you now going back into works? Yeah. You know, why is it now that you're a Christian, you're being trapped back into works rather than believing God and trusting him? Very easy to do, don't you reckon? Oh, definitely. Mm.
0: Definitely. Um, you know, it's easy to to recognize the a list of rules and go, I can't do this and I can do this and mm. blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's a lot more, what should I say? Tangible. Mm. It's under you know. It's understandable. Whereas, whereas with faith, it's like.
1: Yeah, it it is. (laughs) You know, know, I'm not explaining myself. No, I sort of get what you're saying. Faith has eyes that see what is unseen.
0: Yes. Whereas. Whereas rules are a list that you can put on the wall. Yep. And everyone can read it and go, oh yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's. If if you don't have faith, you don't understand.
1: That's exactly right. Like, yes. You can't really see God's real true heart, can you? You're like, No, that's right. Yeah, revealed through the spirit. Yep. Yeah, so I think that's pretty amazing. So at the end of this book, it was good news. You know, it's sort of like this whole message as we, we came from it. The start was really about false worship. Yep. Um, that, that's actually worse than being someone who doesn't believe at all. Because I guess it's a bit like what it says in Revelation, you know. It's like, hey, I'd rather you're hot or cold because you're lukewarm or spew you out of my mouth. It's sort of like, yeah. I don't actually know where you are. Um, I remember my friend talking about one of those flotation tanks. Have you heard about them?
0: A flotation
1: tank. Yeah. So they're dark. They they chuck you in oh, this tank. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. And it's body yeah.
1: temperature water. Yeah. And he said, you just couldn't feel it. It was like you're just floating in nothingness because there was no sensation. Yeah, right. Okay, I
0: didn't realise that. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Yeah. body temperature. Body temperature.
1: Pretty bizarre, right? That is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a little bit what it's like. God is looking for these people, like the remnant that we talked about last week, that have this heart for Him. That He, when He touches them, so to speak, He feels fire. Yep. The heat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And in the end, here's a beautiful verse for you. Okay. Talking about, otherwise I would have to come with a curse. Yes. And this really, yeah, puts an exclamation mark on that or something. I Whatever. But Galatians 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So this is it. Hmm. God would have had to leave that curse with us, but Christ took it. Yeah. And that's why he's saying, if I didn't bring that son of righteousness into the world, this world is doomed. But here he is, the son of righteousness risen with healing in his wings. And I'll just read that from the NLT. The last one was New King James Version.
0: Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yes. But Christ has
1: rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Yeah. For it is written in the Scripture, curses everyone who is hung on a tree. And I do like the New King James Version for that because it it actually personifies the curse itself. Yes. He became it. Yeah. For us, so we can be free. Yeah. And that's the good news of the end of Malachi. That is excellent. <laughs> there right. You go. So sort of had fun looking at it myself. Yeah. No, yeah. it's been
0: it's been really awesome. I've I've appreciated it, and it's. You know, it's been a great reminder, just to—I think I've said it before on the on the podcast—just to do a a self check and a self analysis of mm. where things are at in my walk, and you know, just you know, being in that space of constantly thinking, "Am I just going through the motions, yeah. or I'm actually remembering who God is and what He's yeah. done?" And yeah, you know, um, you know, not not being a, a slave to the law, but remembering the the freedom that we have because of what Christ done. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe I need to do a bit more leaping for joy, like a calf. Why not? Let out to pasture.
1: I do know what that feels like.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe you could uh, demonstrate <laughs> it at church like, okay. they, like on the stage. I'll probably
1: fall off and hurt myself.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so but old. I've, I've I'd had like, these, I'd like to see it. <laughs> I've had these, you know, visions of me practicing doing a backflip off the stage onto the ground. Oh, no, please. And I'd love to do it, but I'm thinking I'm just a bit old now. I'll probably hurt myself. I don't
0: think the stage. I don't know. Maybe have we got some gym mats? We could try
1: it. Yeah, Yeah. we could try it. I think it'd be pretty awesome that way. Like, you know, stand in front and all of a sudden backflip off. Backflip. Perfect. Excellent. I could do that.
0: I'd like. I'd like to see it. To be honest. Okay. So. If you, if you, if listeners, if you would like to see it, why don't you come along (laughs) Sunday morning nine thirty at Cornerstone? You never know. You have to come for a number of weeks. We could do this this as a fundraiser if we
1: reach ten thousand dollars. I'll do it. Will Neil backflip
0: (laughs) off the stage today? Fantastic. I'd like to see it. All right. Excellent. Catch you later. Thank you. Bye.